Amen. Well, I want you to once again turn in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and uh, we're going to start back at verse 1 again. Amen. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And so uh, we've been in the book of 1 Thessalonians for a, uh, a good while now, and so uh, we're in the last chapter now, continuing to look uh, at this. And so as we continue to look in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, uh, last week, we uh, past couple of weeks, we've looked at the first couple of verses of this and so we're reminded uh, that the day of the Lord is to come amen and so what is the day of the Lord the day of the Lord is that uh, glorious day of Jesus's return it's going to be glorious for uh, those who are in Christ it's not going to be so glorious for those who are not in Christ but we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ is coming back uh, I believe he's coming back very very soon it is a promise straight out of the word of God and so here as we look in this text of scripture here the Apostle Paul writes through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in uh, chapter 5 beginning in verse 1. He says, Now as to times and epochs, brethren, you have no need of anything to be written to you, for you yourself know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. And so beyond a shadow of a doubt, he said, you yourself know full well. He's already talked about that to them in person, and so he, he's, he's let them know while I was still with you, I talked to you about these things and so you yourself know full well we ourselves know full well because we know the word of God amen we know the truth of the word of God Jesus himself said that he's coming back here it is that we find uh, that the apostle Paul said that he's coming back we find that Peter tells us that he's coming back and John tells us that he's coming back we find the Old Testament saints tell us that he's coming back and so what is that, that is the word of God amen is the word of God that is given to us by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and so we ourselves know full well that Jesus is coming back and that's going to be the day of the Lord and so as we look at the day of the Lord we've already talked about the day of the Lord so I'm not going to get back uh, into that but he goes on in verse 3 and he says in verse 3 he says while we are they are saying peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them suddenly like labor pains upon a woman with child and they will not escape. And so here it is, he's talking about the lost world. He's talking about the world that is there, that is alive when the day of the Lord comes, the second coming of Jesus Christ, when that day finally arrives. Here it is, the word of God says here, they're not going to expect it. They're talking about peace, they're talking about safety. You know, when the Antichrist comes upon the scene, he's going to be a great liar. Now, we're getting pretty used to political liars, amen, world leader, leaders that are, don't really tell the truth, and so we kind of see through that today, but he's going to be a very good liar. The whole world is going to be in absolute chaos, but he's going to be saying, oh, don't worry about it, peace is coming, you just follow me, peace and safety, everything is going to be okay. You just, you just do what I tell you to do do then everything's going to be okay but that peace and safety is going to be an absolute false peace and safety there's not actually going to be any peace and safety upon the earth the only time peace is going to come back upon the earth is when the prince of peace returns to the earth amen and when the prince of peace returns to the earth and that is Jesus himself and the prince of peace returns to the earth then we realize it's going to be peace and safety upon the earth because he's going to be reigning and ruling uh, with that rod of iron but there it is they're going to have this 
false perception that everything is okay, right? Just what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, verses 37 through 39. Here it is that Jesus says about his second coming, he says, For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and they were drinking and they were marrying and they were giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and they did not understand until the flood came and took them away, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. So just like the coming of the, 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 the just like the, the days of Noah, so is the coming of the Son of Man going to be. Everything is going on. Life is going on just like normal. They're marrying and they're giving in marriage. And there it is. They're saying peace and safety as we find here at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. But what they don't know is that a day of destruction is coming upon them. What does that verse again? Verse 3 say, 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 3, when they are saying peace and safety, then destruction. Then destruction, destruction is going to come upon them. Calamity is going to come upon them. The damnation of God is going to come upon them. When Jesus returns, He's going to return out of the clouds of glory. He's going to be riding upon that white stallion. Uh, upon His head is going to be many crowns. On His thigh is going to be King of kings and Lord of lords. And out of His mouth is going to come that sharp double-edged sword. And what is He going to do with that sharp double-edged sword? By the way, what is that sharp sharp double-edged sword. It is the very Word of God. Amen. And what is He going to do with it? The Word of God says He's going to slay the nation. It's going to be destruction that comes upon them. But what about the Christians? What, what about those who are saved? Now remember the rapture is going to take place at the beginning of the time of the tribulation. The, the, uh, the, 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 also the resurrection is going to take place and we've already looked at that as well. But when we look at this, what about those who are in Christ? We look down uh, in uh, the Word of God. We skip on down a little bit. We look at verse 9 in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning in verse 9. He says, For God has not destined us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we live together with Him. God's not destined us for wrath. Amen? God's not destined us for that, that day of wrath that is going to come as you yourself know full well. The day of the Lord is going to come. It is going to take place. And God has not destined His children for that day. We're not going to experience that day. We're not going to know that day. Why? Because of the blood of the Lamb. Now he says something interesting here. He says, whether we live or sleep. What is he talking about right there? He's talking about... The dead in Christ shall rise first, and then those who are alive and remain shall be called up together with Him to meet the Lord in the clouds of glory. Amen? Whether you've already passed on and you're going to get caught up in the resurrection, or whether you're still alive and you're going to get caught up in the rapture, whether that is, the, 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 this time of wrath is not appointed to you. It's appointed to the lost world. And so when we look at that, we, we look and understand, well, first of all, as I said last week, what we need to recognize is this day of destruction is coming upon the lost world. So what do we need to be doing? We need to be sharing the gospel message of Jesus Christ with everyone we know. Amen? 
We need to be sharing the gospel message with every single person that we know. We skip back up to verse 4 and we begin to understand the difference between those that destruction is coming upon and those that salvation has already come upon. As we look here in verse 4, it says, But you, brethren, are not in darkness, that the day would overtake you like a thief. Now, in the previous verse, Jesus or, or Paul said that, that that day is coming like a thief in the night. But now in verse 4, he said, You're not in darkness, so that day is not going to overtake you like a thief. No, it's not going to catch you off guard. You're, you're going to be aware. You yourself know full well that this day is coming and it's not going to catch you off guard like a thief. And the reason why is because you're not in darkness. Amen? Because you're not in the darkness, this day is not going to catch you off guard because you're not in the darkness, you're able to see what's taking place. You're able to see what's going on because you're not in the darkness. You have those spiritual eyes, those spiritual eyes that are able to see the things that are going on. And even while we're in the light, you know, look at every single letter that Jesus wrote to the seven churches in Revelation, he says, let's let those who have ears hear what the Spirit of the Lord says. So even the things that we hear, we hear in light. Amen. We don't think about hearing in light, but that's what we do. We hear in light. We see in light and we know in light we're not in the darkness as the world is in the darkness. The world is in the darkness. They're blinded. They're thinking, oh, peace and safety. Everything is in utter chaos right now, but peace and safety, right? Peace and safety. Let's take a good uh, modern day illustration, right? Christians are the one who are a bunch of bigots and we're a bunch of hate mongers and we're, we're, we're a bunch of you know, evil people that just want to bring our, our, our hate upon the world although we preach the message of love. And we don't go around killing anybody, right? But Islam, what are they? They're the nation of peace. Even though that's where our terrorists come from. Amen? Difference between, you know, when we look at the lifestyle of homosexuality, the Christian wants to see that homosexual individual get saved and come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Why? Because they love them. Why? Because they know God loves them. But according to Islam, we kill them. But according to the world, that's the nation of peace. That's, that's the religion of peace. You see how twisted their mind is? And it's spiritual. It's not intellectual. Not, it's not that they're ignorant people. It's a spiritual blindness because they're living in darkness and they can't see anything. And they can't comprehend anything. They can't see what's in the light because they themselves are not in the light. So therefore they are spiritually dull because they're there within the darkness. But that day is not going to overtake us as a thief. Why? Because we are in the light. We're in the light. And as we're in the light, we're able to see what's going on today. In the world today. We're able to see and understand the truths of the Word of God. We, we know the truths of the Word of God. We understand the truths of the Word of God. The Spirit of God is within us, searching the depths 
of the heart of God and searching the depths of the heart of man and revealing truths to us. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing within us on a continual basis. He's shedding that light within our lives and giving us that understanding within our lives and we're not in the dark. And since we're not in the dark, we're in the light. And since we're in the light... We're destined for the day of blessing rather than the day of wrath. Amen? So when we look here in the Word of God and we begin to understand the fullness of that is understanding that we're not in darkness. We look at John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Keep your finger there in 1 Thessalonians. We'll be back there in just a little bit. But John chapter 1. In John chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, we find here in the Word of God, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Who is that Word that he's talking about? There's no doubt that Word is Jesus. You look on down in verse 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word is Jesus Christ, the Word who became flesh, the Word who was with God, and the Word who is God. Verse 2, he says right there, He was in the beginning with God. Verse 3, all things came into being through Him, and apart from Him nothing came into being that has come into being. Everything came into being through the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe all of the Trinity had a part of creation, but certainly Jesus was a part of that. But then in verse 4, pertaining to what we're talking about today, it says, In Him was life. In who? In the Word. In Jesus. In Jesus, the Word who became flesh in Him was life. And what it was that life? And the life was the light of man. The life was the light of men. You see, it's in Jesus that we have life. Amen? When it was there in the Garden of Eden when God created Adam, God created Adam from the dust of the earth. And when God created Adam from the dust of the earth, what did He do? He breathed into him the breath of life. Amen? He breathed into him the breath of life. Apart from God, we cannot have life. Apart from Jesus Christ, we cannot have life. And apart from Jesus Christ, we cannot have everlasting life. And the only way that we're going to receive that everlasting life is if we're in the light. And he himself is the light. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The light's shining today. The light's shining bright today. The light is shining in its full force today, but the darkness doesn't comprehend it. The darkness, the world, and the people in the world, they don't comprehend it. They don't understand it. They don't get it. They, 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 they can't comprehend the things of God because they're not in the light. Verse 9, he goes on and says, There was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. Now, that's an interesting text of Scripture right there. Because some folks will say, well, only a certain group of folks are supposed to be saved, right? Only God, God predestined this group to be saved, and He predestined this group to go to hell. Well, that text of Scripture right here, John chapter 1, verse 9, says, The light enlightened every man 
Doesn't mean that every man comprehended the light, but he shined his light on every man. Amen? Every single man, every single woman, he shined his light on so that they would come to the light, so they would understand the light, and so that they would know the light, and through the light have everlasting light. Again, verse 9, the light, uh, the, the, there was the true light, which is Jesus. There was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. So as we look at that and begin to understand that he enlightened every man. Every single human being he shined his light on. He shined that light on them so that they would be drawn to the light and they would recognize the fact that they are there in the darkness. And as they recognize the fact that they come into the darkness, they'd be drawn to him. But many didn't. And many still don't to this very day. Now, as we begin to understand, every single human being has an opportunity to come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Every single person. In fact, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 1 that God has made Himself known to all men so that we're all without excuse. How does He make Himself known in many ways? But He shines His light. Now, it is our responsibility once again to sh uh, spread the gospel message, and it could be through you or I telling a lost person about the grace of God, the love of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the fact that they're a sinner, but yet Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for their sins. It may be through that very act that God is using that to shine His light upon that individual. And it's not up to me and it's not up to you of whether or not they accept that light. It's up to them. It's their choice. God's not going to force Himself upon anybody. Amen? God is not going to make a single person come to Him. I believe it grieves Him. I believe it breaks His heart when people don't come to Him. In fact, we find the rich young ruler, the rich young ruler asked Jesus, what must I do to be saved? Jesus said, well, go sell all your possessions. Go sell everything you have. And then come follow me. What did Jesus say? Come follow me. You know what the rich young ruler said? No. Not going to do it. I love my stuff and I love the things on this earth more than I love you. See, that was the point. They were trying to teach, preach a works-based salvation, but he was letting them know that he wasn't ready for Jesus to be Lord. Amen? And that was the point. Still the point to this day, but he left. Left disappointed. And I believe that Jesus was also greatly disappointed. Now he knows, he knows who's going to serve him, he knows who's going to follow him, he knows who's going to turn to the light and who isn't going to turn to the light. But as we continue to look at this, say, well, you know, how do we turn to the light? How, how exactly is it that we turn to the light and that we receive that, that light within our lives again in John chapter 1 uh, with the same uh, understanding that, that, that Jesus is the light. Again, he says in verse 10, he says, He was in the world and the world was made through Him and the world did not, uh, did not know Him. But look at verse 11. And he came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But 
as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. But as many as receive him, But as many as believe in his name, there he gave them the right to become children of God. Now turn back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. To them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who received him, to those who believe on his name. Now as we look back at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and we look at verse 5. Verse 5 he says right there, for you are all sons of the light and, and, and sons of the day. We're, we are not of night nor of darkness. So, then let us not sleep as others do, but let us be alert and sober. So what did he call us? Sons of the light. But as many as receive him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, that is in John chapter 1. And so now here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we're called sons of the light. Sons of the light. Who's the light? Jesus is the light. God is the light. You know what's interesting is we look in the Word of God and we find there in the, uh, the, the, uh, we find in the creation story, we find that in the very first day that God said, let there be light and there was light and God's light shined upon the earth. But what for a few days later, they created the sun, moon, and the stars. But yet there was light upon this earth. And then when we get into heaven, what we begin to recognize, there's not going to be any need of the sun and moon and stars because Jesus is going to illuminate all of heaven. Amen? Because He is the light. He is the true light. And so as Jesus is the light and He is the true light, He is the light of this world and we're not in need of any other light other than the light of Jesus Christ Himself. Again, He says there in verse 5, For you are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We're not of night nor of darkness. We used to be. (laughs) That used to be who we were. But we've come into the light. How have we come into the light? Because we have received Jesus Christ and we have believed on His name. Now turn with me to one more place in John, uh, 1 John. 1 John chapter 1, beginning in verse 5. 1 John chapter 1, beginning in verse 5. We continue to see this play out as we continue to see it play out. Here it is that John is speaking of the light once again in 1 John. This is the message that we've heard from him and announced to you that God is light. And in Him there is no darkness at all. God is light. And in Him there is no darkness at all. None whatsoever. He goes on in verse 6. He says, if we say that we have fellowship with Him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So if we have truly believed on Jesus, just as Brother Keith was preaching my message a little while ago. Amen? 
Doing a good job at it. And so as we look at that, as we receive Jesus, as we believe on his name, we then have the right to become children of God. And as we have then become the right, have the right to become children of God, we become sons and daughters of God. And so as we become sons and daughters of God, what do we we do? We have fellowship with God and so God is light and in him there is no darkness at all and if we have fellowship with God and we're walking with God guess what we're walking in the light because he himself is light of which there's no darkness at all but if you walk in the light as he himself is in the light we have fellowship with one another in the blood of Jesus His Son cleanses us from all sin. We also have fellowship with one another. Because we're brothers and sisters in Christ. How? Through the light. You know what the world wants to do? The world wants to cut each other's throat. (laughs) Amen? They do. They might act friendly. They might act lovey-dovey. They might act like they're all on the same side, but when it all comes down to it, they just really want to cut each other's throats. So what does the Word of God tell us to do right here? It tells us that we walk in the light. Whether walking in the darkness or we're walking in the light. See, we have to have fellowship with the light. In order to walk in the light. It's impossible to walk in the light unless you have fellowship with the light. And it's impossible to have fellowship with the light, which is God, unless you have believed on the name of Jesus Christ. And have therefore been saved. You know, when we look at power sources... We think of light as somewhat being a source of power. God is our ultimate source of power. You look at batteries, so we can get power out of batteries. But are the batteries themselves their own source of power? No. They just hold power. And then they hold a little less power, and a little less power, and a little less power, and then all of a sudden they're dead. But to have fellowship with something means that you have to have that that endless source. You need to have that ongoing source. You need to have that ongoing flow. So you don't need to be a battery for Jesus. You need to be plugged into Jesus. (laughs) Amen? And guess what? Jesus isn't like California where the lights go out all the time. Amen? His light shines all the time. All the time. His power is endless. His power is unlimited. And when we walk in the light as He Himself is in the light, we begin to recognize. There's a few things that we begin to recognize. The very first thing that we begin to recognize, when the light is shone upon me, you know, as a, as a lost person, as, a, as somebody that's not walking in the light, and I can see your sins very well. 
Amen? You're all just a bunch of messed up people. Every one of you. I can see the sins of the world. I can see how messed up things are in the world. But you know what happens? The very first thing that happens as soon as the light begins to shine on me, I'm like Isaiah, woe is me, for I am ruined. I am undone. I am a sinner. I am unclean. Just like Peter, when Peter was in the boat fishing with Jesus, and all of a sudden he got a glimpse of who Jesus was. He said, depart from me, Lord. He recognized who Jesus was, and then he also recognized who he was, and who he was wasn't any good. That's the very first thing that happens when we walk in the light. We realize, you know what, yeah, everybody else might be messed up, but I'm really messed up. I am a sinner, I am ruined, I am undone. Then as we continue to walk in the light... Allow God to forgive us of those things. Allow God to begin to remove those things from our life. He then shines in the light. Uh, in the light that you know what that that is a pathway of unrighteousness. We, as a child of God, in the light, have no business of walking that way. This is the direction that we need to go. This is the path that we need to follow. He also lets us know there's danger down there. There's destruction down there. Don't you go down there. This is the way we need to go. Now as children of the light, we're plugged into the light. There's also ways that we get the light even brighter within our life and more illumined within our life. That's through prayer. Amen? Spending quality time with God in prayer allows the Holy Spirit of God to begin to consume us. Next week we're going to talk about the two things as children of the light that we need to be doing. One he says stay awake. The next one he says be sober. And what does the Word of God tell us to do is not be drunk on wine, but to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And there's no greater way of being filled with the Holy Spirit than getting down on your knees, getting down on your face before God on a regular basis. Say, God, fill me, consume me, allow me to walk in the light as you'd have me to walk in the light. And the Word of God tells us itself, is a testimony of itself, of what it is, my word. Is what? You tell me. We, everybody in Awana ought to know it. We say it in our pledge every, every day. It's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Amen? That's what God's word is. See, first of all, we don't have the Holy Spirit unless we're plugged into the power source, and that's Jesus. Second of all, God's word is only going to be of limited value to us and that only value is for us to see the need of salvation within our life unless we're plugged into Jesus. If we're not plugged into Jesus, we're walking in a danger zone. Amen? Destruction is coming. We can say peace and safety all day long. 
that is not coming. Unless we're plugged into the light. And then only Jesus is going to bring us to that place of faith. Right now, we'll have the praise team come forward. And as they do, I want all of you to stand. Friend, are you plugged into the power source of Jesus Christ today? Do you know that you know that you know this morning that Jesus Christ is your Lord and as your Savior? Do you know that you're headed down that path that is pursuing the light? If you do, praise God. Are you seeking the power of the Holy Spirit to consume your life every day? Listen, it's a daily thing. Every day? Are you spending time in the Word of God every day to illuminate your path, to illuminate your feet? If not, you as a Christian need to make a decision today, and that is to start spending time, daily time, in prayer and daily time in God's Word. Today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you come? I'm going to go to the back and get ready for baptism. Brother Kevin is going to stand up here. Let's also come and let's pray for those names or write names down. Let's use this altar. Let's get serious about praying for the power of God. Sing souls saved. Amen. You come. As God so moves, Brother Kevin will be up here for you as God moves on your heart. He is here.